This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Monday, April the 27th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL. Joined on this Monday morning by Charlie Potter, does an outstanding job for us covering all aspects of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We are on the heels of the 2020 National Football League draft. A busy couple of days, Charlie, for the Alabama Crimson Tide contingent. A very quiet third day, but all in all, another, I would say, solid, solid haul by Nick Saban standards for Alabama draft hopefuls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was a pretty, pretty quiet day on Saturday, but um, you know, Alabama had a couple of guys that, that signed as undrafted free agents uh, at the time of this recording. Who knows if they have more? But uh, in Jared Maiden and Shaheem Carter, but the guys that went early, um, you know, I, I expected Alabama to get four guys on the second day, but they got five and. It's a good haul. Um, all nine of those guys are going to have productive careers. Uh, they went to, to good situations. Um, you know, to, to be drafted on days one and two, you're going to stick on a roster. And uh, I know that the, the story of the draft is, is LSU tying Ohio State for the, the common era record for most players taken in a single draft. But if you look at it, I mean, LSU was, had a busy day again on, on Saturday. LSU had 14 players drafted. By mm-hmm. the the estimation of of, of Sputrack, which looks at the the projected salaries and signing bonuses, those players are going to sign 124 million dollars, or for 125 24 million dollars roughly. Uh, Alabama had nine players, and they signed for 110, almost 111 million dollars. So those those nine players are going to make an average of over 12 million, and those 14 LSU players are going to make an average of less than nine. You don't think that's going to be on recruiting? Uh, graphics later that these nine players are going to average more than $12 million and they they're worth almost 111 million and their signing bonuses are almost 60 million. I mean, it's a, it's a good, strong draft for Alabama. They, they broke some records with the offensive players going in the first round with the wide receivers going in the the first round. Uh, So I think Nick Saban, all in all, he and his staff have to be pretty happy. Yeah. Nine in the top 90 overall, that's a healthy number. You know, when you've got a player going, on average, once every 10 picks over really the first three rounds, uh, that's when you really have the national audience captivated too, right? Those first, look, I, I love the NFL draft this year, just like everybody else, because we didn't have anything else. But even by Saturday, I was starting to zone out. But you had me, you had me Thursday and Friday for rounds one through three. And that's, that's when everything happened for Alabama. And that was kind of the prime time. Uh, of this draft. And I guess to borrow from former Alabama men's basketball coach, uh, Avery Johnson, a little bit, it was a tale of two days. I guess you could say it was all offense on Thursday night. And then it was all defense on, uh, Friday. Uh, kind of interesting how that played out, Charlie. 
It was, yeah. I mean, we kind of knew that the four guys in the first round were, were going to be there, um, those being Tua Tonga-Vailoa, uh, Jedrick Wills, and the wide receivers, Henry Ruggs III and Jerry Judy. And they all came off the board in the top 15 picks. Um, you know, I think a lot of people thought that maybe one of Xavier McKinney or Trayvon Diggs would slide up there in the first round. Uh, no safeties were drafted in the first round, so McKinney was the first safety off the board on day two, uh, four picks into the second round. Um, you know, Trayvon didn't have to wait that long for his name to be called. He's going to the Cowboys. I believe he said that his his son Aiden actually uh, called that. He he said that he thought his dad was going to be a cowboy, so that's pretty cool. Um, and you know, Raekwon joins two of there in Miami, and Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings were picked within uh, four picks of each other going to the Rams and Patriots, respectively. So, yeah, I mean, nine picks in the first 87, uh, that's really strong. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, ducking out on, on day two or maybe zoning out there. Just look at what Roger Goodell was doing during this draft. I mean, <laughs> he, he's, he's the one that's calling out all these picks on day one and two, and on day three he's doing yard work and then on, on TV in a T-shirt. So – that tells you kind of where these picks are in terms of importance. You always want to hear your name called, and it's a life-changing experience for a lot of people. But days one and two, uh, Alabama was very, very successful. Here's what was crazy about LSU's haul to me was that, as you noted, the Tigers did tie 2014 Ohio State for the most overall picks in the common era of the NFL draft, set a new SEC mark in the process but that's without Thaddeus Moss, the tight end, even being drafted. He was an uh, he's an undrafted uh, free agent. Uh, the long snapper for LSU even got drafted, and that and so Thaddeus Moss could have easily have made it fifteen. Um, you know, I know it's something we'll get into more as we hopefully get closer to the twenty twenty season. Uh, you know, the, the storyline is is quickly going to shift for LSU to sustainability. It's one Alabama had to deal with uh, in the first three or four years of Nick Saban's dominance here in Tuscaloosa. That that question's been answered. I think we all understand that from the Alabama perspective. Now that that ball is going to be in the court of Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers. But when we do look at these nine guys Alabama had selected over the weekend, you know there was a time as recent as last year that you would look at these nine guys and say, okay, of the nine – which one has the easiest path perhaps to uh, a world championship, a Super Bowl championship. And before what has happened here in the last month or so, I think we would have said, oh, well, Anthony Jennings, he's going to the Patriots. But when you look at these nine now, it, it becomes a, a, a lot more of a question mark, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of these teams, at least in the first round, are picking where they were because, you know, they were on the outside looking at the playoffs. And I know you can trade in and, and all that stuff, but like the, the Dolphins need help. And, you know, they, they drafted to it number five and they got a lot of offensive line help for him, but they still need pieces. I mean, they needed to get him playmakers on the outside. They were able to trade for a running back, but the Dolphins aren't there yet. Uh, and, and who knows if Tua will even play this year. I mean, he could be looking at a redshirt year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, um, you know, the Dolphins aren't there. The Browns, you know, a lot of people were high on them last year. And Jedrick Wills helps them solidify that offensive line. They have a lot of talent, but, you know, can they put it together and, and make a playoff run? Uh, the Raiders, uh, they're a pretty good team. And, and Ruggs, you know, he gives them a viable number one option at wide receiver. Um Judy and the Broncos, 
we'll see yeah. what that offense they added a lot of weaponry but they're in a the same division as the world champion kansas city chiefs so maybe I, this sounds blasphemous because a lot of people have them up in the the offseason but maybe trayvon Diggs going to the cowboys that might be the best situation yeah. because of the offense they have coming back um you know they were able to, to re-sign uh Mari cooper uh, they got CD Lamb in the first round, Trayvon Diggs in the second. Those are two value picks for the Cowboys, and you know they've they've added some pieces there. So he might be going to the best situation in terms of of winning a Super Bowl. Maybe Terrell Lewis with the Rams, they're a couple years removed from it. But yeah, I mean, there's no real slam dunks here because I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to get there with Jared Sidham or whoever they have at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, you got to give it up to Jerry Jones. I mean, first of all, he's drafting from his yacht. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's like a full letter grade improvement you're going to give him on any draft grade you give the Cowboys. But I thought Dallas really was able to to knock it out of the park. I like that even with Amari secured, uh, they went ahead and got the best guy available right there at about 18 with C.D. Lamb. So uh, a lot of rave reviews for the Cowboys and Trayvon Diggs going to be a part of that situation uh, moving forward. Hey, Charlie, let's get into a little bit of a fast forward mode and let's look ahead and let's make the case on this Monday edition of Daybreak for the first Alabama player off the board one year from now in the 2021 NFL draft. Let's talk about obviously some of the prime candidates and then maybe try to narrow it down to one or two guys that we sort of envision as being that next Alabama first-round pick and also the first Alabama player selected in next year's draft. And when you look at the pool, I guess you start up front, a guy like Alex Leatherwood on that offensive line, the wide receiver positions you're going to have, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell will be drafted defensively, Patrick Sertan the second. Um, what about Dylan Moses? I guess that's probably going to be the one guy that we're going to be most anxious to, to sort of get our eyes on for a couple of different reasons. Yeah. I think if Dylan Moses shows that he's healthy, if there's a football season that he can play in, um, Moses is near the top of the list for me just because he's, he's been so, um, hyped up since he was an eighth grader and he's, you know, answered the bell every time. And I know last year, uh, he was really disappointed by that knee injury that kept him out. But, um, yeah, I, I think that if he's healthy, he's in that conversation to be a top 10 pick. Uh, same goes for a lot of these guys. I mean, the way that you mentioned them, I, I, that's how I have it. I think there's potentially six players that could be first rounders if everything um, you know goes right for them and some of these younger guys uh, decide to leave early, uh, those two being Patrick Sertan and uh, Jalen Waddle. I know Dylan Moses will be a redshirt junior this fall, but I think if everybody everybody believes that if he has a good year, he's he's gone. I mean, he's he's four years in. He'll he'll have a degree. So um, for me, I would probably go Moses the most likely, but I think Leather was right there on his heels. Um, you know, you and I were talking before the podcast. You look at how the offensive linemen were coming off the board. If, if Leatherwood had have declared, he might have been selected in the first round this year. And you look at some of the early mock drafts and, you know, God help the people that have to throw together 2020 mock drafts the day or uh, the day after, or right after the, the 2020 draft ends. But guys like Sertan and Waddle and Devontae Smith were, were on a lot of these first round mocks. So um, Alabama is going to have a lot of candidates there. Uh, I think with Jeff Akuda coming off the board at number three, that helps a guy like Patrick Sertan 
But right now for me, I would probably lean towards Dylan Moses. And granted, this is sitting here at the end of April of 2020. We still have a year to play out. But uh, if I'm a team, I need a linebacker. Uh, you know, he's a guy that has proven that he can get the job done. Yeah, if he's good to go, um, he is a guy that you're definitely going to have at the top of that Alabama list. And I'll go with Alex Leatherwood. I wrote about him this morning uh, in three reasons why uh, Alabama in my opinion, will very likely have four more first round picks in 2021. And uh, absolutely. I look at Austin Jackson of Southern California. He was a three and out this year. Uh, you look at the the measurables for both Austin Jackson and Alex Leatherwood, both are six, six, three, ten. Both were all conference performers this year. Austin Jackson, obviously in the pac 12, Alex Leatherwood in the sec, both have started the last two seasons at the power five level. You know, when you had that run in the first round, really from about number four overall through number 13, and you encapsulated Andrew Thomas of Georgia. And then of course, Jedrick Wills, uh, of Alabama, uh, Tristan worse of Iowa in that mix. Uh, Mikel, Mikel bent Becton, of Louisville, the mammoth offensive tackle. Those four guys went in a span of about 10 picks. And then right there at number 18, you had Austin Jackson. And it got me to thinking right then, well, who's to say Alex Leatherwood at this point couldn't have snuck in in the back half of that first round. So I think between Moses and Leatherwood, you, you certainly like those guys. And then the wide receiver position next year still going to be a lot of really good receivers in that 2021 draft Jamar Chase is going to be draft eligible first and foremost from LSU but it's got to be pretty easy to see Devontae Smith in a year's time being a first rounder and I guess possibly Jalen Waddle. yeah and those guys like I said they're they're very popular picks now and you know you have to take that with a grain of salt but um, it's not going to be the loaded receiver class that it was this year. Uh, it's still, there's a lot of talent. Like you said, Jamar chase, I think is the number one uh, guy there. Justin Ross from Clemson will be up there. Uh, but I think that, that Smitty and Waddle definitely uh, have a case. If, if Devonte Smith goes out and has a season like he did this year and not having Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs around, you, you would think he'd be able to, uh, he's certainly in that discussion. Some people considered him to be a uh, projected first rounder this year. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's a loaded class and we saw how you know, with the, the way the draft played out, some guys got pushed back. CD lamb fell to the, the Cowboys at 17. Uh, T Higgins was a, a second round pick, although he's the first pick of the second round. Uh, so uh, I, I think that it would have been interesting to see how that played out, but he's, if he can duplicate what he did last year, come close to it, uh, he's going to be in that conversation. I think Waddle, um, just because he's a different guy and he has that ability to, to return kicks and punts too, um, you know, he's going to be a guy that, that tears up the combine if he chooses to turn pro. And I think both of those guys can sneak in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it'll be a, another interesting draft to follow from the receiver span, uh, standpoint for Alabama. Yeah. I thought Devonte was somewhat similar to Leatherwood in this draft in that I see Jalen Rager of TCU go in the early twenties. And I start thinking kind of the same thing with Devonte at wide receiver. Who's to say he couldn't have got into the first round of this draft. So that kind of tells you what Alabama already has to work with at some of these positions and some of these draft hopefuls for a year's time. Now, what about some wild cards, Charlie, who are some guys we talked about Dickerson a little bit earlier. Um, Christian Barmore, would he possibly qualify as sort of a 
an outlier that could could sort of work his way into that first round discussion in your opinion yeah i mean he'd have to have a, a quinn and williams like season and that's not out of the realm of possibility i think if he can um you know understand the defensive concepts and things like that and play more under control uh, he can have a monster year for alabama um you know he'd have to declare as a redshirt sophomore but we've seen you know like i said quinn do that and marlon humphrey's done that and uh, both those guys are first round picks so it's not out of the realm of possibility um, you know, I think a guy like LeBron Ray is going to have a decision to make. Uh, he'll be a, a redshirt junior uh, this fall after missing um, a majority of last season. He was able to gain a redshirt year, and if you know, he, he's going to be the guy on the defensive line. If he can, you know, be a consistent uh, presence from an in- interior pass rush perspective, he he's a guy that uh, could uh, leave early, and he's he's someone has been popping up on some of these early first round mock drafts. So, um, like I said, those are. Um, take those with what you will but i think uh from a just a defensive front standpoint those are the guys maybe to look at uh offensive line wise i mean the the seniors are gonna go but i think guys like landon dickerson and deontay brown will be interesting uh i think Najee harris at running back i mean he, he'll be a, a senior this fall and mm-hmm. what happens with him will be uh, intriguing just because the the running back position it's so hard to predict and you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire went there at the end of the first round to the Chiefs and then there was a run on those guys in the second round so um, those are all interesting I think maybe the most interesting one for me and it all depends on how the fall plays out from a competition standpoint but what happens with Mac Jones you know if he goes out and has a good year as the starter uh, and you know maybe he, he does split some time with Bryce Young and Bryce Young shows uh, he's capable of taking over if, if Mac Jones goes out and has a good year he can leave as a redshirt junior with a degree and possibly a master's degree in hand. And uh, the, the, the quarterback position is so wide open after those top two guys, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who are both probably going to be top five picks that I'm not saying Mac Jones is going to be a first rounder, uh, but he's a guy that could hear his name called pretty early, given that there's just so many question marks after them in terms of maybe who's even a quality guy there at the quarterback spot. It just makes you wonder even more, doesn't it? Given what, next year looks like what was Kyle what was Jake Fromm thinking although if you're Jake Fromm and you have the sort of progression that we all anticipated from him as early as two years ago you got to be the third quarterback even this year don't you I mean yeah you got to uh and you got Burrow and you even got Justin Herbert but you got to be at least the fourth guy Jordan Love can't be the fourth guy if you're Jake Fromm this year can he I mean so I guess it's easy to think well Fromm should have stayed another year and he probably should have but maybe there's no guarantee next year that uh that Jake Fromm would have been the third guy and uh there could be that opportunity could man, it could be really interesting for Mac Jones from a couple of different perspectives because you know, he, he could have the the pro decision to make. He could also very likely have the grad transfer decision still to make. Um, or it could be that he's back at Alabama for a fifth year. A lot of different ways it could go with Mac Jones, I guess. Yeah, and that's just, I mean, it, it sucks that we don't have spring practice just to see maybe a preview of, of how this quarterback mm-hmm. uh, battle, competition, what have you, would have played out. But, uh, you know, Mac Jones – Showed he was capable of leading this offense. Now, granted, 
you know, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs aren't there anymore, but having guys like Smitty and Waddle back help, having that offensive line back helps, um, you know, having Najee Harris and those running backs back helps. So, um, you know, he can, he can do it. I think he has the confidence in the locker room, but he also has a really talented youngster and Bryce Young behind him. And you know, we've seen before, I mean, if, if the players can see this guy can get the job done and maybe he's done it at a better level uh, than the starter, then, you know, they, they feel confident in him and, and they'll, they'll follow him as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's the biggest shame for me is the, with no spring practice of seeing how that would play out and, and seeing maybe how this season was going to shape up from the quarterback position and other positions as well. But yeah, I, I think that if Mac Jones has a good enough season, then, you know, he's going to be in that conversation to, to be one of the, the next quarterbacks off the board after those top two. I'm not saying he's going to be the third or the fourth or, you know, be drafted on day one or day two, but you know, he's going to have opportunities if he can keep it up. And you mentioned it with running backs. It's tough. I mean, Najee Harris could go out there in 2020 and go for 1500 plus, uh, become Alabama's all time leading rusher perhaps, uh, and still have to just scratch and claw his way into the first round. Because, uh, as you said, Clyde Edwards, LR, very last pick of the first round goes to a good spot. If you're going to go in the last pick of the first round, Kansas city chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and that offense, not a bad place to go at all. Well, that's just about going to do it for a Monday edition of daybreak. Now we'll still be keeping track of some potential undrafted free agent signings. As Charlie pointed out earlier, what we knew at the time of this recording, Charlie, uh, a couple of Alabama defensive backs, right, have signed those those deals with uh, NFL clubs. Yeah, Jared Maiden signed with the San Francisco 49ers, and Shaheem Carter signed with the New York Jets. Both of them have, have announced that Alabama's put out graphics, which is it was nice of them to do. But um, you know, I thought both of those guys maybe would have snuck in on day three, but they didn't. But you know, they get their choice now, and uh, we'll see if anything else happens. I've I've talked with. Uh, some people close to Matt Womack there at the end of the seventh round. He was talking to a few teams, but we haven't heard anything yet. Um, you get your fingers crossed that he'll get an opportunity because, you know, he's proven to be a, an SEC caliber starter. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that you know, he got his body in, in line and, uh, you know, did some good things down there at the East West Shrine Bowl. So we'll see. Um, I know, you know, with this whole coronavirus pandemic, it's affected guys like uh, those three undrafted players because they didn't have the opportunity to, uh, showcase their abilities and talk to teams further at the uh, at Alabama's pro day, but um, you know, just kind of hoping they'll get a chance and you know maybe have an opportunity to lock on somewhere with an NFL team. Yeah, and this thing is hurting undrafted guys too post draft because you typically go into some OTAs yeah. after the draft where at least if you weren't signed to a you know a, a three or four five-year deal like you typically are as an undrafted free agent you had the opportunity to go in on a tryout type basis too you know and and show what you can do I, that being said I, I totally expect Matt Womack uh, to be in an NFL camp at, at some point whenever we get around to some actual football Charlie I know we're we're both looking forward to that so for Charlie Potter Travis Ryer this the ninth anniversary we want to point that out as we get out of here too of the super outbreak from April the 27th, 2011. Uh, Hope you and yours are doing well, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Join us at BamaOnline.com and back here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.